So let me just really quickly bring you up to where we are, where our, our uh, series is called Our Father in Heaven. It's based on what many would know as the Lord's Prayer, where Jesus' disciples asked him to teach them to pray, and he began his prayer saying, when you pray, you should say these words, Our Father in Heaven. And at that point, God was known to be distant, powerful, amazing, the creator of the world. Uh, but he wasn't known to people as an intimate father. Jesus used the, the Aramaic word, Abba, Abba, Father. And it, it was, it's the, like a papa, daddy, like a word, an intimate word that a young kid would use with a loving, strong, caring, protective father. It was a word that, det- uh, that, that indicated uh, a closeness and an intimacy. And that idea that our Father in heaven would be close, intimate, love us incredibly, was radical then, and it's still radical now. And Jesus uh, wanted to demonstrate that to us. And so we've been talking about that idea that God's your heavenly Father. And of course, here's the problem with that phrase for many people. If you've had a really bad Father experience, then so so often that contaminates the word father, and we can so easily project the, our concept on our, our experience of our earthly father onto God. And many people with a bad father experience, absent, uh, neglectful, abusive, just, or just with gaps who, who neglected pouring love into us like a father should, many of us will project that onto God. And so we're in the series, and last week we talked about father wounds. I know Danielle spoke in Melbourne, and we talked here about getting healing from the wounds that have happened from our father, intentional or unintentional. And so I'm not going to go into that today. I just want to, I just want to again remind you that these wounds are not wounds that are healed in an instant. It's a journey of healing. It's a journey of leaning into the truth and, and getting the pain out of our hearts rather than suppressing our pain. So uh, just turn to your neighbor and say, keep working on those father wounds, okay? Just, just you know, just nicely, calmly, lovingly. Because if you're a dad sitting beside your kid today, then that was probably slightly awkward, but that's okay. That's okay. We get that. Uh, A.W. Tozer said these words. What comes into our mind when we think about God is the most important thing about us. I love that quote. When you think about God, what comes into your mind when you think about God is one of the most important things about you. And so today, I want to take us on to the next phase of this journey, which I'm excited about, which is how do we actually learn to receive God's love in our life? So our father experience can contaminate it. Our experience with religion and if, if religion has portrayed God not the way he is according to the Bible, that can also uh, put us off our relationship with God. In fact, any relationship with authority figures can affect us. If you've got the wrong image of God, you'll struggle to believe that he wants to heal you. If you've got the wrong image of him. If you've got the wrong image of God, you'll struggle and will struggle to believe that he, he wants to look after our needs and be generous towards us. If your image of God is Jehovah Stingy, then you're going to struggle actually asking him to supply your needs. All right. If, if you've got an image of God that he is sin-focused and always looking at what you've done wrong, 
then you're going to struggle to actually receive forgiveness and live with shame. So what you believe about God really matters. Okay, so I want to talk about this. And it's uh, Romans chapter 5 verse 5 says this. Hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. This is my prayer that every member of our church, every member who, of everyone who doesn't know God would have the Holy Spirit who lives in your heart when you become a Christian pour God's love into your heart in a tangible way in a, a way a, like a waterfall, a cascading waterfall of love that pours into your heart and literally transforms you from the inside out. Not because you're changing, uh, learning some things intellectually, although that's good, but because you're experiencing the love of God. That's what we want to do. So how are we going to do that then? How are we going to, how are we going to, get, how are we going to uh, set ourselves up to experience the love of God? Well, the first thing I want us to look at here is 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 to 5. It says this, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, or the, the King James Version said imaginations, and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, Bringing, into, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Bringing every thought into captivity. So part of the journey of healing. So now I'm not going to talk about healing from our father's wounds. I'm going to talk about, I want us to understand how do I rewrite my image of God? Because if I begin to pray, so this is my experience, because I, I talked a bit about this last week, Melbourne, it's on the podcast, you can listen to it, but one of my father's gaps was affirmation. He didn't affirm me a lot as a child, that set me up for bullying and a range of other experiences, and it, it kind of set me up to feel inferior to other people. It also meant that when I was about six years in a really religious church, a, a very disciplined church, and it, the, the, the legalism focused on rules and not just pleasing God but kind of staying on the right side of God that was the emphasis and God disciplines us there's no doubt about it but an any overemphasis of one truth if it gets overemphasized it becomes error so when you overemphasize one truth not the whole truth then and and if you overemphasize God as a as a disciplinarian then if that's the only thing you really emphasize, you and not the loving, kind, heavenly Father that He is, then your perception of God is that He's waiting for you to do wrong stuff. So my perception of God, what was written on my heart about God uh, uh, through a number of experiences, is God's a bit like the, the, the traffic cop with the, speed, the radar, waiting for me to go too fast and then to bust me. Uh, now, none of, some of you don't have any idea what that means. Some of you have, you know, you've got a degree in those little radar guns. Some of you are really good at talking your way out. Come on, who's, who's turned the waterworks on to get out of a fine? Let's just be real right now. Okay, well, <laughs> thank you, Dan. I appreciate that. Appreciate the honesty, Melbourne. I'm not sure who. Dan Frecker, I'm not sure maybe you have. I don't know. But, but here's the deal. That my, my image of God was sin-focused. All right, so I'm just going to write this down. My image of God is that he is sin-focused. Focused with a double S? No, yes, no. Now you're confusing me. We'll go without it, just for now. Is that correct? 
that correct, Melbourne? I think so. All right. So if, you're, if your image of God is not that he's loving and kind, but he's sin-focused, then that is going to permeate your prayer. You're going to come before God, and this was me, come before God, and immediately struggle with guilt and all the reasons why God's not happy with me, and therefore he's frowning over me. And if I play my cards right, pray long enough, confess my sin for long enough, then eventually God will reluctantly accept me. If you've been brought up in a religious environment, that will easily be your perception of God. So you come to God with your tail between your legs as a sinner, hoping that you'll get mercy or at least you'll get, you know, once you do these five things, then you'll, be, then you'll kind of be, get the leave pass to be reluctantly accepted. So once you realize, here's the exercise. The first exercise I want us all to go on about God is what are the lies we believe about God and take them captive. The Bible says that, that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty to pulling down strongholds. A stronghold is a demonically empowered thinking pattern that's, that, we ha- that we have that stops us experiencing the truth. So when you've got a sin-focused mindset that, that God is sin-focused, that's a stronghold, and that, that is an, your, your image, your imagination of God is wrong, and it has to be pulled down. It has to be disassembled. And it won't happen with one sermon, one scripture, or one moment. Because if it's been built over a series of years, through a series of experiences, and that's your perception of God right now, and it's a stronghold, then we've got to go to work at taking the lies captive. So we've got to, we've got to write them down and go, oh, that's, that's a wrong image of God. I need to, I've got to take that captive. I just, that is wrong. It's, it's not right. It's not who he is. God is love-focused towards me. He is for me. So the first thing I've got to do is recognize a lie and take it captive. All right. So I'm taking it captive. Put it in the bin. That's, that's, that's a lie. So I, I'm not sure what your lie about God might be. Maybe that he's harsh. Maybe that he's, he's just distant. Maybe your lie is that he doesn't hear you when you pray. Maybe your lie about our Father in heaven is that you'll never be good enough to earn his love because he's not really loving, he's selective. Maybe it's your lie about God is he's He's conditionally forgiving certain things. And so the exercise of stepping in to experience God's love, remember the goal here is that our hearts are transformed and we on a daily basis experience the love of our Heavenly Father. We've got to take some things captive. So if your, your thoughts about God is that He's harsh, that He's distant, you got to take that captive. That means, and what does, it, okay, what does it mean to take it captive? Writing it down might be helpful. Just identifying it's a lie is the starting place. Then the, so it's recognized it's a lie. Then the next thing is, God, I repent that I've believed that lie. I've come into agreement with a lie about you. It's affected my relationship with you. So I'm going I'm to take that captive. And you might find... 
you might find it takes six months every day of recognizing when you start to pray and you think about what you're thinking, like, oh, that's a lie about God. I'm taking that captive and I repent. Father, I repent for thinking that you're not good. I repent for thinking that you're not loving. I repent for my mindset. All right, it's getting quiet in here. (laughs) We're taking the lies captive. So then the next step, I want to talk about the, the next phase. If we're, The beginning point is to take the lies because something about God is written on your heart, who he is. Experience, your father experience, authority experience, things that, have, that, that it's written on your heart who God is. And we want to rewrite it. We want to rewrite on your heart who God is so that it's not just something that... So, so for a while, you're going to have your default thoughts Okay, no, actually, we'll go this way. You're going to have your default thoughts that you're pulling down. And then you're consciously going, God, I'm immersing myself in truth. I'm immersing myself in a new truth because I want to get the truth of who God is written on my heart. The longer you've had these lies written on your heart about God, and they're subconscious. They're not conscious. You might say in your mind, Jesus loves me, this I know. But your heart says, Jesus thinks that I'm shameful. And if your heart says that, but you can sing the song, the journey is to take the shameful lie down, take it captive, pull it down, recognize it, circle it, throw it in the bin, and then immerse yourself in the truth of who he is. David says this, Psalm chapter 63, verse 3 to 8. Your unfailing love is better than life itself. How I praise you. I'll praise you as long as I live, lifting up my hands to you in prayer. You satisfy me more than the richest feast. This is, a, this is God. When you begin to experience the outpouring of your heavenly Father's love into your heart, these words won't just be like, oh, I wonder what he's talking about. You'll be able to go, your, your love, it satisfies me more than the richest feast. I'm not hungry because I'm filled with the love of God. I'll praise you with songs of joy. I lie awake thinking of you, meditating on you through the night. Because you're my helper, I will sing for joy in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your strong right hand holds me secure. So what does it mean to immerse yourself? Now, I'm I'm talking now about an active immersion into the goodness of God. I've, I've put it down like this. Think, sing, speak, soak, imagine. If I'm going to immerse myself that my heavenly Father is good and He's loving and He's kind, then I'm going to have to, I'll write them up for you because some of you are taking notes. All right. So I'm going to thank. I'm going to thank Him. So this is what, your starting point might be, we've talked about the prodigal son as a picture of our Heavenly Father. So you begin to go, Father, I thank you that you are passionate about me. Father, I thank you that you are affectionate towards me. Father, I thank you that you are extravagant in your forgiveness towards me. And you find scriptures. Father, I thank you that you are merciful. Father, I thank you that I pray. And this is the language of immersion. I thank you. And so what you're doing in that moment, you're like, you're pulling down this. You're not sin focused. This is some, so I've got things. Father, I thank you that you're smiling over me today. I thank you the moment I began to pray, 
you had a big smile on your face. Father, I thank you that the moment I woke up today, you were thinking about me. God, I thank you. This is, this is immersion. I thank you. What, what's the next one? Okay, sing. All right, good voice or bad voice, doesn't matter. Singing has this ability to write things on your heart, especially when it's got an anointing on it. I, I remember a, a, a series in my life when I first discovered, I'd grown up in church and I knew the, a sense of worship and the anointing, but I didn't really have this full revelation of God's love. And as I went on this journey, there was a particular song in the 90s. So my, my beginning experience of the Father's love was in the 90s. And one of the songs was, I could sing of your love forever. And I, I would just, literally, I sang it forever and ever and ever and ever. But it goes like, over the mountains and the sea, your river runs with love for me. I'm opening up my heart and let the healer set me free. I'm happy to be in the truth. I'm not singing it just to be kind to you. But I will daily lift my hands because I could always sing of when your love came down. I could sing of your love forever. I could sing of your love forever. And I would sit, I know, I know you want to sing it, behold, maybe later the guys. Sing of the Father's love. The next thing you do, and I'll, I'll link this together, is soak in your Father's love. So one is you're singing, the other is you're just listening to worship in the presence of God. So one of the things I did this week is I asked some of our uh, pastoral team and some of our worship team, what are some soaking in God's love songs that you recommend? What's your go-to songs? And so I've created a little Spotify playlist so we're going to put this up right now. It's got about 15 songs of our Father's love. All right, so if you want to download this. Now, I found out today, Nicholas, that if, I, if people, this is my own personal one that I created. If people follow this, they can see all the other song lists I've created. So I spent this morning making all my other song lists private. Just because... You don't need to know all my song lists, okay? I've got some John's bangers and John's faith songs. And, so you can't find those, but you can find our Father's love. Songs to sing and soak in our Father in heaven's love. So if, you're gonna, if your image of your heavenly Father is going to change so that you can experience his love. Now, here's the thing. There's about 15 songs. Not everyone's going to ring your bell. Just, it's, just, it's not going to float your boat. There's some songs in there, I sing it, and I'm like, oh, that's, just, that's not me. But, so that's why I've got the whole, a whole lot of the team to go, here's some songs that we love. But there's songs about, you know, he's a good, good father. I love that song. Chris Tomlin, he's a good, good father. And to sing and to soak that God is a good, good father is going to, here's what's going to happen. Your heart is going to be renewed about the goodness of our heavenly father that his number one priority over you is he wants to pour his love into your life. He's not trying to judge you. He wants to pour his love into your life. That is the atmosphere of healing from father wounds. If you try to get healed of father wounds without the love of God pouring into your heart, it's going to be really hard work. But when the love of God pours in, when our he and so we're renewing our minds. So did, did we get that? How many people? How many people are on Spotify right now looking at the list? Uh, come on, come back to me. Come back, Melbourne. I know, I know what's going on down there. Okay, stay with me. Check it out later. You can create your own list. Thank you for your uh, your approval of my list, Teresa. I appreciate that. <laughs> Sing, uh, soak. Okay, imagine. 
This is how you immerse yourself in the Father's love. So I want you to get pictures of your heavenly Father from Scripture that you activate your imagination. Because what are we doing? We're pulling down wrong images or wrong imaginations to build up a new image. So whatever your image of Father is, whether if it's good, you can leverage off that. But if it's not, you're getting healing from that and you're creating new images. And so I, I was thinking about this. I would say I've got probably four, four go-to images when I'm thinking about the Father's love. One of them's out of, out of uh, Luke chapter 15, the prodigal son. And so I'll be singing a song about your, your love and I'll be seeing myself uh, just being embraced by my heavenly Father. Big, strong hug, kissed on the neck. Loved by my Father in heaven. So just told, I love you. I'm proud of you. That's, that's an image. And I imagine myself in that story. The imagination. So when you, if you're rewriting what's on your heart, so you'll be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The, the, the imagination engagement in this is powerful. I'll, there's other times where I'll imagine myself just worshipping my Father at His throne. I'm just I'm kneeling and I'm worshiping him and I'm giving him praise and Jesus is at his right hand and angels are all around him and this is based on scriptures but I'm using my mental pictures imagination to actually connect with God this is this is what David did uh, sometimes I've got a picture of having coffee with my heavenly father yeah. it's like and he has a double shot it's, you know flat white doesn't have green tea I'll tell you that right now <laughs> Hebrews, I think is what it, uh, the Bible says. Hebrews. Sorry. And so I, I just like, Look, Father, let's just sit down. What, what do you do? What, what do you do as an adult with your father who loves you? You sit down. You have coffee. And you let him speak over you. And you talk, you tell him your stuff. And I'll get to what happens in that. But this is using your imagination. I'll be sitting in my prayer room and I'm like, oh, I'm engaging with my heavenly father. Sometimes I imagine myself as a little kid sitting on my father's lap. You, can, you get your own imaginations going, but when you thank him for who he is and sing about who he is and his love pouring into your life, and when you soak and just sit and let the... Let the and you, you know, here's the thing. You might not feel anything. Don't worry about feelings. What's happening by faith is bit by bit, something's being melted in your heart. Something's being raised in your heart when you sit in the presence of God and you soak. And, 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 and maybe, maybe the drive to work for some of you, to and fro you work, the radio goes off. Maybe some podcasts go off. Maybe you stop with the audible books for a while because you're going into a season of immersing in your heavenly Father's love. And it will, it will be transformative. And then you're imagining and you're seeing yourself. And if you are driving, don't close your eyes when you're imagining. Just, just a little tip. So you're thanking God. You're thanking He's passionate. He's affectionate. Thank you that you're kind, that you're merciful. Thank you, Father, that you're for me. I love Psalms uh, says this. It says, uh, when I cry out to you, my enemies will turn back. This I know because God is for me. Father, I thank you that you're for me that you're cheering me on. Some, if you get any kind of picture of an awesome father, then you can, like, there's, a, there's a kid playing sport on the sideline. He's like, Dad, come on, you're doing awesome. You're doing so great. Yeah. Imagine that. That's your heavenly father. He's cheering you on. You're doing so great. I'm for you. That's the, that's the picture, all right. So we've got the playlist. That's, 
Immerse yourself in who he is. And the third thing I want to help you with, and this, this was something that because of the deficit in my life was a game changer. I've told the story uh, where I was standing at, on the altar in our church as a 21 or 20-year-old 20 in this church years ago in the Kiwana Community Center, not experiencing anything of God's presence. People around me, was, so, you know, when you're like, someone like, oh, that was the most amazing experience. God was so present. And you're like, ah, nothing, nada. I don't, no, don't put your hands up. All right. So that's my experience. People are falling over under the power of God. People are weeping, and I'm just there, nothing. And I'm, and, and this, okay, so sin focus, John, is going through what is my sin that's blocking God. That's my default. Then I'm like, well, what's Danielle's sin that's blocking us from receiving God? Just no, just just kidding, just kidding. I wasn't, I wasn't. What's what's going on in my world? And so I begin there, and this is where, and I spoke a bit about this last week, where God began to tell me that you need to forgive people, forgive, forgive, and you know, this is that father wound journey, forgive your dad for not affirming you, forgive the people who, who sort of jumped into that gap and, and were critical and bullying you. And, for, and so I, I went through this journey of forgiving people, and, and, and then I'm still standing there, and I'm kind of waiting for God to do something. And I just had this prompt, prophesy over yourself. Affirm yourself from your heavenly Father. And he took me to Matthew chapter 3, verse 17. And in Matthew chapter 3, verse 17, this is the moment where Jesus gets water baptized and he hears a voice from heaven, a public voice from heaven. So if Jesus needed to hear a voice from heaven affirming him, you and I, we need some affirmation from our heavenly Father if Jesus needed it. And his, the Bible says, his father said, a voice came from heaven saying, this is my son, identity, whom I love, love, with whom I am well pleased, or another version says, of whom I'm proud, or who gives me great joy. Three statements our heavenly father makes over Jesus. So I'm on the front on this altar call, prompted by God, prophesy over yourself. So you haven't had it from somebody else, but it's coming from God, just begin to speak it. So I just began, to, I'm there, I'm going, God's pleased with you, John. He loves you. He's for you. And I change it at different points. That he's, he's proud of you. You bring him joy. And initially, I feel like a liar, all right? And I feel a little bit weird. But then God takes me on this, just continue. And after a while, I felt my heart begin, to, the cracks begin to crack, open up. And I begin to sense this, my, God was coming in on my words. And it's awesome. God places the lonely in families. And for many of us, our experience of our Heavenly Father's love beginning is going to be somebody encouraging you, telling you what God sees in you and what He thinks about you. But for the majority of you, if you're waiting every day for somebody to affirm you, it ain't going to happen. So security is going to come from learning to prophesy over yourself. You are God's son. You are his daughter, whom he loves. 
and he is well pleased with you. He, you bring him great joy. He is delighted over your life. He is proud of you. And when you can begin to shift that around to go, I'm God's chosen. I'm righteous in Christ. I'm forgiven. He's proud of me. He delights in me. He's for me. He's got plans for good for me. I'm completely forgiven because he's extravagant in forgiveness. And when you begin to prophesy over yourself, you're being immersed. You're taking captive those lies. You're being immersed. And you, I, I tell you, this is what's going to happen. There will begin, you'll just, it'll start small, but you'll build up to a flood, a cascading flood of God's love pouring into your heart. Not, not just while you're doing, because you draw aside and you build that relationship with your Father who loves you. All right, can we close our eyes together right now? Melbourne, would you close your eyes with me? Those of you watching online, just close your eyes with me. Father, I thank you. I just thank you for what you've done in my life. I'm so grateful for your love that you pour in. So grateful for your presence. I'm so grateful for your smile. I'm so grateful for your affirmation. And I pray for every person listening, for every person in our church, for those who you're bringing in, that we would experience your love every day. Fill our hearts with your love, Abba Father. Abba Father. Fill our hearts with your love. Heal us, I pray, God. Heal us of every wound. Rewrite every wrong image that religion has stamped on our heart. We love you. We worship you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. All right, Melbs, God bless you. Uh, we're going to go into a time of just experiencing. Literally, we're going to practice what I just said, and Dan Frank is going to lead you into that. So God bless you. Have a great rest of the service and a great week.